Hey, guess what's happening on this week's episode of the Beating Diabetes Lifestyle Podcast with your friend and host, Oscar Camejo. We all strive to break bad habits and overcome weight loss setbacks. That's easier said than done. I know it. You set out to achieve a certain goal. You want to lose 50 pounds, let's say. You want to stop eating junk food and snacks. You want to get your A1C down if you're a diabetic. You want to exercise more. You want to eat healthy every day, etc. It's the journey, folks. We all want to go from goal setting to achieving results. That's where we all are. But some of us, we're struggling with bad habits. We're experiencing setbacks because of those bad habits. And it's like a roller coaster of emotions and this whole loop, this cycle of just going around and around and around. And we don't know what to do. That's why in today's episode, we're going to delve into how bad habits are formed in the first place and how to develop new ones actually really good ones. We're going to cover how to deal with setbacks so you can turn your setbacks into setups for success. I want to help you to remain consistent no matter what you face along your journey towards good health. So stick around here the rest of today's episode. You don't want to miss it. It's going to be a good one. Be sure to visit the website at www.beatingdiabeteslifestyle.com for access to free resources and other information that will help you along your journey. If you would like to submit a question or a comment about the show or to learn more about the Beating Diabetes Lifestyle, you can always email me at hello at beatingdiabeteslifestyle.com. And if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to this podcast. Welcome to the Beating Diabetes Lifestyle Podcast with me, your host, Oscar Camejo, helping diabetics make lifestyle changes to reverse type 2 diabetes. Hey, folks, guess what? We're almost at our 100th episode. Man, I am so grateful for all of my followers, for all of those who follow me on Instagram, on TikTok, Facebook, you name it. Big shout out to you all. Thank you. Do you know we're over 12,000 downloads so far? This podcast is actually listened to in over 62 countries and territories. That's over 1,200 cities, folks. That's a big deal. And so as a blessing to you, my podcast listeners, my faithful listeners who've been here, whether you've been here from day one or you're just starting to follow me, I want to give you an exclusive gift. It's just for my podcast listeners before it goes out public. I want you to listen to the entire episode to find out how you can receive my brand new weight loss planner. I want you to use this weight loss planner to help you to set your weight loss goals and to track your progress, you know, because sometimes we need a little help. So what better way to get started than by getting your own weight loss planner? And I want to give that to you, but you have to listen to the end. See, it's all about putting a plan in place and noting your progress because see, it's something about tracking our progress and seeing our results over time that helps us to achieve positive sustainable results. So you'll be able to see results in your own life. So remember, stay tuned to hear the rest of the episode so you can get your hands on a copy of my brand new weight loss planner. Today, let's go ahead and dive into this week's episode. This is episode 96, folks, breaking bad habits and overcoming weight loss setbacks. In my last episode, I talked about the importance of developing consistency when it comes to beating type 2 diabetes. 
whether you have diabetes or not, this is going to be very helpful. You know, consistency is king, folks. I wanted to follow up on that topic because I received a message from someone who started the health journey prior to the start of the new year, but they've been struggling. Matter of fact, I get emails and text messages often with people who are wanting to get help. So the person who contacted me recently, they wanted me to know that their progress hasn't been going as smoothly as they had hoped. You know, they wrote the pounds that I lost haven't returned, but I'm afraid I got stuck and I picked up some of my old habits. I'm going to get back on it after I enjoy the holiday is what they wrote, but I'm lacking the discipline needed to crush this thing. Hey, if you can relate to this story, I want you to say out loud right where you are. I can relate. Go ahead and say it. I can relate. So right now, I want to talk to you about habits versus consistency. You know, when we think of habits, we automatically think of negative behaviors. But when we think about being consistent, we automatically think about positive behaviors. But what if I told you that habits and consistency are basically the same coin but with two different sides. That's the truth. Habits and consistency may look different, but technically they are the same. So there are similarities between habitual and consistent behavior. The similarities lie in their repetitive nature. So when you have a habit, you repeat certain behaviors, right? When you have consistent behavior or when you are consistent at a thing that is based on something being repetitive. You know, both habits, whether good or bad, and consistency, right? They both involve regular actions that become ingrained over time. But here's a key difference. Habits can be positive or negative, while consistency generally implies positive intentional actions. You see, overcoming bad habits involves replacing those bad habits with consistent positive behaviors so that you can create a foundation for lasting change. I want you to apply this to your health and your health journey. When we develop of good habits through consistent positive behaviors, we will benefit. Those things, those positive behaviors and actions will benefit our health over time. When we talk about nutrition and fitness routines, we're talking about developing good habits where all of those things are concerned. You know, it's more than just, I'm going to give up sweets. Yeah, that's a goal. That's a good thing. And It's something we should strive for. It's more than just saying, hey, I'm just going to go and start walking more. Right. That's great. But is that a habit? How can you make that become a consistent behavior where you're not eating sweets all the time, where you where you are going out and exercising and walking more? You see, it's about developing a lifestyle system where good habits and consistent positive behavior become second nature. You see, in my own journey, my own personal story of breaking bad habits and overcoming setbacks, it wasn't easy, folks. I'm telling you, you know, at first when I was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes, I knew I had to change. I was overweight. I was dealing with a lot of issues, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, and a whole bunch of other things. But at first, I had to make a commitment. I had to make a commitment to change no matter what was going on. You see, 
what I actually committed myself to doing was very small things. It wasn't uh, something that I just started doing overnight. No, it took some time. I had to build up the confidence. I had to build up the courage to actually move forward because folks, I'm telling you, I felt bad about myself. At times I felt really down, but I had to keep it moving. So a few things that I committed myself to doing initially, I committed myself to drinking more water daily and gradually start replacing sugary drinks. I committed myself to becoming more physically fit. I made that commitment when I was feeling bad. I made I made that commitment when I was overweight and I was sluggish. You see, exercising became a non-negotiable habit for me, regardless of how I felt at the time. I made it a habit of consistently purchasing healthy food so I could make eating healthy every day my routine. You see, these small, consistent changes had a big impact, a profound impact on my overall health. And guess what, folks? It allowed me to overcome bad habits successfully. It didn't happen overnight, but that commitment led to results over time. Yeah, I had my setbacks, but I remembered my commitment to myself and to be honest, and to God. You see, I remember being in so much pain. I'm talking about dealing with back pain, knee pain, I even sciatic pain on both sides, you know, at different times. But I still kept going to the gym. I still kept stretching. I still kept working on my recovery. I didn't let the pain I was feeling in my knees and back and even the sciatic pain stop me from at least showing up to the gym because I knew, man, if I can at least get to the gym, I can at least stretch. I can at least work through this. Now, I'm not saying, hey, no pain, no gain. Go to the gym if you're in pain. No, I'm not saying that. You have to be smart. Yeah, there are days where I had rest days where I literally lay down to give my body an opportunity to heal. But I also knew that just by laying down and sitting down all day would actually make things worse. I had to keep moving. I had to get moving. I remember going for long walks and hikes, wearing knee braces when I was dealing with inflammation in my knees. I remember all of that. Yeah, I knew that I needed to get my body stronger. But see, I didn't learn that overnight. I had to keep educating myself about, you know, how to deal with back pain and knee pain, how to deal with sciatic pain through not only through stretching, but just constant moving, movement and flexibility. Again, I wanted to get stronger. I wanted to get healthier. So I committed myself to move better and to move often. But folks, when it came to eating, hey, here's some of my bad habits and maybe some of you all can relate to it. You know, I used to eat fast food three times a day. I'm talking about breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I used to get like egg and cheese, biscuit or croissant every morning on the way to work with sweet tea and lemonade, sometimes sweet tea mixed with lemonade. I mean, that was just my regular routine. Oh, and I, I would get some hash browns as well. So you're talking about eating lots of bread, cheese, sometimes fried uh, if they had like um, a chicken biscuit, I would have sometimes that would be fried. But again, I was eating fast food three times a day. Now, how about for lunch? Man, I, I would sometimes go and get like a burger or go to a place to get like a combo, a, a fried chicken and biscuit and fries combo with a Coke or a Pepsi or something like that. Oh my gosh, it was like every day. And then 
on the way home, if we didn't cook again, eating out, getting fast food. That was my regular routine every day. Now imagine five days a week. I'm not even talking about the, the weekend and indulging in all kinds of stuff on the weekends. I'm talking about Monday through Friday, three day, three times a week eating fast food. Now that doesn't even account for the late night snacking. Man, I used to eat late at night and that's usually what, maybe after nine o'clock. Sometimes I was eat at midnight or I make uh, a pop tart or a peanut butter and jelly sandwich at 2 a.m. Folks, man, it was crazy. Going to bed late every night, snacking all the time. When I was at work talking about snacking, I would go to the vending machine all the time. Whenever I was hungry, my habit was going to the snack machine or if I had some chips in my desk drawer. I would get some of that popcorn. I mean, you name it. I was eating a bunch of junk food all the time. And no wonder why I ballooned up to 268 pounds. No wonder why even when I started to exercise, I was still reaching a certain plateau uh, because I wasn't I, I wasn't changing my actual lifestyle, I wasn't changing my actual habits. I mean, on pizza Thursdays, yeah, I would eat like five and six slices of different kinds of pizza. Man, the pizza had like pepperoni, sausage, bunch of cheese. I mean, all kinds of things. And, you know, on the occasion, I would have like a Supreme pizza because it had some red peppers in it and green peppers and thinking that I was eat, doing something good. But no, no wonder why my cholesterol was high. No wonder why my blood pressure was high, not to mention my weight, because I was just eating and eating and eating and eating. So if you can relate, take a moment and say, yeah, Oscar, I can relate. Go ahead and say that out loud. Hey, what about sweets? three to four slices of cake or pies whenever they would have something at the office or if there was like a, a party or, you know, some type of gathering, let's say if it was for sports and, you know, everybody just get gathering around and just having a good time, man, I would just eat and eat and eat. And I didn't have any control. You know, I thought I was doing okay, but I wasn't really conscious of what I was putting in my body. You know, to be honest, folks, I made my access to the things that were contributing to my poor health way too accessible. I made it way too easy for me to give in to my cravings. And maybe you're in that same situation. You look around you. What does your atmosphere look like? What does your environment look like? If you're in your car and you're driving, do you have a Coke? Do you have chips? Do you have snacks around you? If you're listening to this at work, what is what's in your desk? When you are at work, are you also going to the vending machines? When you go to lunch, what are you getting when you go out there? Now, listen, I am not trying to make anybody feel bad. I just want you to know that I can relate to where you may be in your personal journey. Folks, it's not easy. Breaking bad habits is not easy easy. Overcoming setbacks is not easy. Now, when I talk about setbacks, yeah, you know how when we set out to accomplish certain goals and we are committed saying, okay, you know, what? I'm going to do X, Y, Z. It's a new year. I'm going for this new you, this new body. I'm getting ready for the spring, getting ready for the summer and so forth. But along the way, we may go overboard, let's say at a party or, you know, it's the holiday and we may have eaten too much or maybe not even that. It's just a weekend. And and we just had a weekend where we just really just went ham and just 
ate a bunch of food. And then come Monday morning or early in the week, early the next week, we feel bad. So we may look at that as a setback. Or let's say you may have had some health complications and you've had to be in the hospital for a while. Or let's say you got sick, you, you got a cold, you caught the flu and you weren't able to go to the gym. You weren't able to, to work out. You weren't even able to hold down any food because you were just that sick. So you look at those as setbacks. And I get it. Those are things that occur. My goal is to help you to not allow your setbacks to become permanent. You don't want your setbacks to set you back so far that you don't get back on track. Folks, I remember my friend and I, I've shared this story probably two or three times um, before on this podcast. Well, my friend and I, Gus, years ago, we used to work together and Gus and I decided, hey, you know what? There's a gym here at work. We're going to, man, we're going to get jacked. We're going to get built. We're going to work out every day. And I'm telling you, every day we met up during lunch and we went to work out. I'm talking about months and months of working out. And you know, nutrition wasn't really, at least for me, not really a big thing because I was really thinking about, hey, I want to get in shape. I want to build muscle. I want to be like, you know, Hugh Jackman when he played the Wolverine. You know, I saw him in, I think it was uh, Men's Health Magazine. I was like, you know what? That's what I want to look like. I want to be jacked. I want to be muscular. I want to be cut. You know, X, Y, Z that a lot of us guys want to pursue. So, I mean, after months and months of going to the gym, now comes the holidays. You're talking about Thanksgiving and Christmas. And we both fell off. We, we, I mean, we, we all went on vacation from work and coming back. We never really picked it back up. And to this day, Gus keeps saying that I'm the one that fell off and he kept going. So I don't know. All I just know was I did fall off and it took me a while to really get back. I mean, it took me years to really uh, get back into the gym. And to be honest, it was when I ballooned up to 268 pounds, folks, and almost died. I went to the hospital and discovered that I had type 2 diabetes in the hospital. And after that is when I was like, hey, you know what? I'm taking my health seriously. Even when I was diagnosed with pre-diabetes, I did not take it seriously. So folks, listen, I know where you are. I know where you're trying to get to. You want to achieve better health, but you're dealing with bad habits and you want to overcome your setbacks. So let's move on. I want you to think for a moment about building your own bridge to get to the place where you want to be in terms of your health. Imagine building habits like you would construct a sturdy bridge to reach your health goals, right? You want to get from one side to the next, but there is that bridge that you have to construct, that you have to build. Now, every time you choose to drink a glass of water instead of drinking a health, a, an unhealthy drink, like a sugary drink, like soda, lemonade, and so forth, think of that as a brick that you're laying to build the foundation of that bridge. Every step you take towards, let's say you're building your exercise routine, every time you set foot in the gym, every time you go out to walk for 30 minutes, every time you decide to go out on a hike, every time you decide to do yoga, every time you decide to stretch, you get what I'm saying. Every time that you make that decision to drink water or exercise, put healthier things in your body. Think of those steps, those actions as bricks. You know, they say again, Rome was not built in the day. I've said that before. You've, you've heard it before yourself, but we're building a bridge from one side to the next. 
And every time you make positive changes, you're adding to the foundation of that bridge. You get it? So now picture the sugary drinks and obstacles that are along your path. Yes, those, the, the junk food, the cheap meals, if you will, those can be obstacles along your path to finishing that bridge. So you have to decide, how am I going to get across How am I going to build this bridge? Do I want to keep slowing down my progress by giving into my cravings, which are obstacles? Am I going to keep giving into the cakes? Am I going to keep giving into the pies? Am I going to keep giving into the fried foods and so forth? Now, I am not saying not to enjoy your favorite pie on occasion, your your sugary drink. I'm not saying that. Yes, there are times where I think we should eliminate and should not indulge in those things for a time period, of course, because we're talking about getting rid of those things that are not beneficial to our bodies. So we don't want to keep indulging in things that are going to really set us back even further. You see, by gradually replacing sugary drinks with healthier options, like H2O, of course, you're removing hurdles. And my goal is to help you to remove hurdles, folks. Your commitment to daily exercise is removing a hurdle. Your commitment to daily exercising becomes your bridge's structure. Remember, you're building a structure. You're building a bridge. You're building a foundation for that bridge. And even on challenging days, each step that you take will help you to maintain the integrity of that bridge. Get what I'm saying? Now, for my artistic folks, uh, think of your health journey as painting your own health masterpiece. When you go to the grocery store and you start putting food in your cart, you have an opportunity to paint a health masterpiece. But what are you going to put inside your cart? The things that you consistently fill your cart with, like a variety of fruits, veggies, whole foods, that's going to help you to paint a balanced picture or let's say a a picture of a balanced, nutritious diet. You see, over time with you consistently and daily making better choices is going to help you to create the mural of a sustained health. Folks, I want you to paint a beautiful picture, your own masterpiece when it comes to your health. I want you to begin visualizing your health journey, either as a construction project or a masterpiece that's waiting to be created. You can grasp it. You can you can you can grasp that transformation. You can achieve that transformation through consistent positive habits and building on those habits, building on that consistent uh, habits, those consistent behaviors. And before you know it, you're going to have not only a strong foundation, but you're going to look up one day and you're going to be like, wow, this is what I've built. This is the lifestyle that I'm proud of. You see, when we rush and sign up for these health programs and, you know, lose 30 pounds in 30 days, guarantee or take this pill, take this weight loss pill is guaranteed. Guaranteed XYZ folks, sometimes those quick, fast results do not allow you or give you the opportunity to build a sustainable lifestyle of good health. I believe in old school approaches to things. Yes, I know it. We're in this microwave generation where we just put things in and we want to get things out right away. I get it. You're overweight. You're 200, 300 something pounds. And you're just like, Oscar, look, I don't have a year 
to get all this weight off of me, right? My doctor said X, Y, Z. Folks, I'm not saying that it's going to take a year. It may take less than a year, but it all depends on how you begin building your bridge. How long it takes you to paint your masterpiece is going to be up to you. And of course, I get it. There's other health factors that need to be uh, taken into consideration. But listen, I don't want you to make taking shortcuts your habit. I want you to build a foundation because guess what? While you're working on your health journey, you're also going to deal with some setbacks in your thoughts. There's going to be some times where you're just wanting to give up, cave in and quit because you may not be seeing the results. So all of these things that I'm telling you, the small steps that I'm encouraging you to take is actually going to benefit you in the long run. Folks, for me, my life where I am now, I am so much more at peace. I'm so much happier. I am glad that I am where I am because I remember being 268 pounds, being overweight and not feeling good. There are days where I felt like I was not mentally prepared for the journey that's ahead, getting on the treadmill and hearing the sound of my feet hitting the treadmill, hearing that clunk every time, you know, you talk about fighting those thoughts of like, wow, you're making all this noise on this machine because you're fat, because you're heavy. Or when you're uh, on a plane and you're sitting in the seats and you're like, man, the seatbelt is uncomfortable. My arms are uncomfortable. I'm sitting next to these people and they're they're feeling uncomfortable I'm and I'm feeling embarrassed. Folks, listen, and I've been through all of that. You know, you, you're going to work and, you know, you're wondering if people are paying attention to what you're eating and you're having all these different thoughts. And you're like, you know what? In front of people, I'm going to eat a certain way. But then when I get home or on the way home, I'm just going to get what I have to get. You're dealing with a lot of shame, folks. I've dealt with all of that before. Trust me, I know exactly what you're dealing with. But you know what? When it comes to weight loss, folks, it's something that we can achieve. Folks, when it comes to beating diabetes, we can achieve results. When it comes to getting off meds, we can achieve results. But you know what? It's not going to happen overnight. I keep saying that. I want to drill that into you so that you don't get caught up in trying to get immediate results right here, right now. Now, listen, folks. Yeah. If you're 350 pounds right now, I'm pretty sure if there was a way for you to be 150 pounds by tomorrow, most of us would probably jump on that opportunity. But you know what? Honestly, I know someone who actually was 300 and something pounds and she was struggling with her weight. So she decided to go and get, I think it was gastric bypass surgery. And so even though she went and had that surgery, yes, the weight came off, uh, you know, eventually, but the eating never changed. The cravings never went away. They didn't. And then guess what? This person eventually still gained weight and still became heavier later on because they didn't actually change their habits. Folks, real quick, remember earlier I promised to give you a uh, a free gift, right? The weight loss planner. Here's how to get it. It's very simple. I'm going to make it very easy for you. I want you to email me at hello at beating diabetes And in the subject line, just put I want weight loss planner or just put weight loss planner. So again, email me at hello at beating diabetes And in the subject line, 
right weight loss planner, right? And I'll get it to you. And if you want to add in the body of the email, just a little message about how you like this podcast and what it's doing for you and your loved ones, I would greatly appreciate it. I love the feedback. All right, let's move on. So, hey, remember, go ahead, email me. I want to get this to you. All right, let's move on. Uh, Here's some recommendations that come from James Clare in his book, The Atomic Habits, or it's called Atomic Habits, an easy and proven way to build good habits and um, break bad ones. I often recommend this book and I, I was thinking like, man, why not do a summary of that book in this podcast episode to actually help you to put forth some actionable steps? Because folks, listen, we all want to break bad habits and develop good habits. We all want to co- overcome setbacks, but actually how to get that done, we may need a little extra help. You see, I, I believe that if we begin educating ourselves about habits and cravings, setting realistic goals, that will help us to actually achieve lasting results. Now, let me say this. Yes, I'm going to summarize James Clear's book uh, because I've learned so much from adopting many of the principles that he outlines. But let me say this. I am not being paid. I'm not being pushed to say this. This is my own uh, decision to share this with you. I'm not getting anything from it other than the joy and satisfaction of knowing that you guys are benefiting and can benefit from a resource like this. So again, the name of the book is Atomic Habits by James Clear, an easy and proven way to build good habits and break bad ones. I'm going to dissect the book really quickly so that you can get an understanding of what he offers, because I believe this is really going to uh, help you out. You know, James opens the book by telling us his story of being hit in the face with a baseball bat. I think it was or baseball. Baseball. Uh, this is when uh, this actually happened when he was a kid. And he goes on to talk about how that setback actually motivated him to achieve big things in life. I mean, this guy's a well-known motivational speaker. He's an author, conference speaker. I mean, he's been called on by all kinds of people to help them to develop good habits and break bad ones. You know, so um, James, his books, he breaks them down into different sections. You know, his book is structured um, by four or structured into four main sections. Each section contains several chapters and so forth. So here are the titles and subtitles of each of those sections. The first section is the fundamentals. That's the surprising power of atomic habits. And he talks about how your habits shape your identity and vice versa. Section two, he calls it make it obvious. He deals with what he calls the first law, which is make it obvious. The man who didn't look right. That, that's a very interesting title. And I'm going to break some of this down a little bit later, but I want to give you the sections first. Okay, section three is called Make It Attractive. It's what he refers to as the second law. Uh, He talks about the role of family and friends in shaping your habits and so forth. Section four, Make It Easy. That's his third law. Make It Easy. How to Stop Procrastinating by Using the Two-Minute Rule. That that section is very, very good. You definitely want to get the book, especially for that one. Um, Section number five, he talks about making it satisfying. That's his fourth law, making it satisfying. He talks about the cardinal rule of behavior change. You know, changing our behavior is not easy, folks, but it is doable. You see, each section deals with different aspects 
aspects of habit formation and gives you some actionable insights and strategies for creating positive habits and breaking free from negative ones. So let me break down each section for you so that you can get a taste of what you're going to get if you actually pick up the book. I think there's an audio. Well, I know that there's an audio version of it and a, a printed version. I have both. In one area of the book, he talks about cues, cravings, responses, and rewards. In simple terms, the cue, cravings, response, and rewards model is like a four-step roadmap for habits. You know, first there's the cue. That's a trigger that starts the habit. Then comes a craving, which is a strong desire for something related to that habit. Next, you have the response, which is the actual action you take. Finally, there's a reward. That's the positive feeling you get from completing that habit. You know, his model helps you to understand and change your habits by tweaking any one of those four steps. So folks, if you're aiming to improve your health habits, it's about identifying what triggers your actions in the first place. It's about understanding your cravings. It's about adjusting your responses to those cues and cravings and finding satisfying rewards for positive change. Now, he also goes on to talk about tiny changes and remarkable results. Those tiny changes and those remarkable results is all about the power of small steps and taking small steps in making a big impact when it comes to your habits and consequently your health. Think of it like planting seeds. Small actions you do every day that over time grow into significant improvements. Folks, instead of overwhelming changes, he talks about focusing on making small adjustments in your daily routines. These tiny changes might seem minor. They might seem insignificant at times, but guess what? They do add up. They do help you to create a ripple effect that leads to remarkable results in your overall well-being. My people, if you're looking to beat diabetes and improve your health, remember that small, consistent efforts can lead to significant and lasting transformations. Okay, James goes on to have an area where he talks about identity-based habits. That's about transforming the way you see yourself to create lasting changes in your health habits. I mean, folks, this is so true. I used to think of myself as this 200 and something pound walrus, this uh sluggish, slothful person. I mean, I I grew up being a very positive person, but there came a time when I gained all that weight that I started really thinking of myself negatively and just had adopted just really pessimistic perceptions about myself and so forth. But in this identity-based habits that James talks about, uh, if you're dealing with you know negative thoughts about yourself, he encourages you to, instead of just setting goals, he wants you to adopt the identity of the person you want to become. So basically is, yeah, you may see yourself as this overweight, sluggish, slothful person who has no consistency, who who gives into poor cravings and bad habits and so forth. He wants you to get to that place where you start shifting that identity, shifting that perception so that you can start now focusing on the person you want to become. Because if you're constantly looking in the mirror and you're down
down on yourself and you're constantly beating yourself up, that's not going to help you along your journey. It's not going to help you to achieve results. You see, for instance, if you aim to be healthier, always beating yourself up and telling yourself that you're, uh, you're unhealthy, you're, you're lazy, you're, 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 you're not good at what you're setting out to do. You're not good at eating healthy. You're not good at exercising. If you keep doing that, folks, you're going to set yourself up to fail. I don't want you to keep the negativity at the forefront of your thinking. I want you to start seeing yourself as someone who does prioritize health. See yourself as someone who is healthy. I say it often. When I was overweight and just starting out with my nutrition and exercise, I saw myself, I I started developing a mental picture of me being lean, of me being healthy, me being active, me loving uh, exercising and loving eating healthy. I had to paint a picture because see folks, what we give our attention to the most is what we're going to desire. Trust me. You see, this shift in mindset influences your choices and actions, making it more likely to stick with positive habits. But on the flip side, if you don't change your mindset, if you remain stuck in that mode of, man, you know, I'm just unhealthy, I'm just, you know, X, Y, Z, it's going to make it more difficult for you to adopt positive habits because you're going to be like, what's the use? You know, you fail before, you're going to keep failing. So if you're on the journey to beat diabetes and improve your health, remember, it's not just about what you do in the short run in the short term is about what you believe about yourself is what you begin to change about your mentality about yourself and your habits um, that will help you to align with that identity and help you to pave the way for sustainable health improvements. Trust me, folks, I know what I'm talking about. James goes on to talk about the design of your environment or what he calls the environment design. It's like setting the stage for success in your health journey. It's about arranging your surroundings to make healthy choices, the natural, easy option. Remember earlier, I talked about what does your desk look like? What does your home look like? Are all those areas conducive to helping you to even have health on the forefront of your thinking. When you talk about um, getting ready for the gym, do you have a gym bag that's already packed and ready to go? Do you even have a gym bag? Not saying that you have to have a gym bag, but to, for me, that's it's an icon. I have my gym bag in my living room every day. I can't miss it. I always leave it on the couch where I can't miss it. I pack it and repack it every day. That's just a part of my habit. It wasn't always like that. So again, looking at your environment, if your car has a bunch of junk food in it, it's time to get rid of that stuff. Again, make it easy for you to choose healthier options. You know, if you're trying to beat diabetes, think about shaping your physical space and daily routines to help support your goals. Again, you wanting to reshape your environment. You want to reorganize your environment. You want to get rid of clutter, you know, from organizing your kitchen to planning your day. I mean, folks, trust me, 
there's an entire process that you need to go through to help cleanse your area, if you will, your environment to make it more conducive to uh, having a, a well-designed environment so that it's easy for you to maintain your good habits and avoid those triggers that lead to unhealthy choices. So in your pursuit of better health, folks, consider tweaking your surroundings to create a supportive environment that helps push you towards positive habits and help you to do it effortlessly. All right. Habit stacking. James goes on to talk about stacking your habits. Um, that's a practical strategy to seamlessly integrate new and positive habits into your exercise routine or your eating routine and so forth. It's like combining small health actions with activities you already do on a regular basis. You see, by stacking habits on top of one another, you make the process of adopting healthier behaviors more straightforward and more natural. So, for example, I mentioned about positive habits of not eating unhealthy snacks. Instead, if you start bringing healthier snacks from home, it could be, you know, celery, carrot sticks. You can make some homemade hummus. You can make some a homemade guacamole instead of buying it from the store and taking that with you to work so that you're not going to the vending machine. So that's one habit of eating healthy, bringing in healthy snacks. So again, that's one habit. Now combine that with drinking water. So those are two minor habits, if you will, but stack them together. So it's automatic that you're going to pack healthy snacks and bring water, healthy snacks, and bring water. You're going to have a healthy snacks with water. You're going to have water with healthy snacks. So those habits are stacked together. They go hand in hand. So again, by stacking habits one on top of the other, you make the process of adopting healthier behaviors more straightforward and more natural. Now let's take it a step further. That's nutrition that I just showed you. So healthy snacks, what do you think you can combine with healthy snacks and drinking water? Walking. For example, after lunch, wouldn't it be great if you take a 10 minute walk after you eat lunch? What if you cut your lunch down shorter instead of spending an entire hour or your entire 30 minutes just just eating and kind of scrolling through social media during lunch? What if it's like you use lunch for what it's designed to get some food in you, but now combine that with the habit of walking? You know, if you're at an office building or let's say if you work from home, go ahead and carve out your time to eat. Right. Don't scroll social media. Don't take the extra time that you have to just, you know, indulge in social media. Why not go walking? If you have a 30 minute break, break it into two segments. First 15 minutes, you're going to eat your snacks. You're going to eat your lunch, drink water. And I'm going to take the other 15 minutes and go for a walk and come back again. Those That's habit stacking. Let me move on. Folks, if you're aiming to achieve healthy results, it's going to require you breaking the habits by recognizing the patterns that lead to unhealthy choices in the first place. And it's also about finding ways to disrupt those patterns. We want to break up the patterns, but we have to take a step back and look at, okay, what is it that I'm doing on a regular basis that's causing me to maintain these cravings, that's causing me to maintain these bad habits? Some of us, we may not even be conscious of what we're doing. 
we can break free from the chains of negative habits and we can forge new, healthier habits, but we have to be more conscious of what we're doing. So I do recommend that you sit down, maybe even write down what is it, what does your week normally look like right now? What does it look like when you start work? What does it look like when you're hungry and you're at work before lunch? Are you normally in the habit of going and picking up this unhealthy food? I knew. I was able to tell you earlier what my habits were because I started really paying attention to what I was doing on a daily basis. Folks, I didn't even tell you about how when I would go to the grocery store, every time I would go to the checkout line, automatically I would get a bag of chips or some candy and like soda. It was automatic. I didn't even think about it. I mean, I used to get Reese's cups or um, maybe like a Snickers or something, some Doritos and whatever. And then by the time I got to the car, I had already eaten what I just bought as far as in terms of the, the junk food and the snacks. There's sometimes was like, man, that, that, that Reese's uh, peanut butter cup thing was so good. I would go back and get another one and then head home. It was crazy, folks. That was a habit. And once I started becoming more conscious of my habits, I was able to break those negative habits by putting a, a roadblock, by putting um, things in place to disrupt those bad habits. And really, sometimes it just became as simple as, no, Oscar, you don't need the chips. Telling myself, no, you don't need the candy. No, and just not buying the stuff at the checkout line. Now I can go to the grocery store and I don't even think about getting the candy. I don't even look at the candy rack anymore. It's just not a part of my habit and my daily routine. So you get what I'm saying. Progress, not perfection. James talked talks about how it's important to pursue progress and not perfection. You see, he emphasizes the importance of moving forward in your health journey by focusing on improvements rather than aiming for this flawless outcome of, of results. We're not asking, I'm not asking you to be flawless. James is not asking you to be flawless. We don't have to be flawless, but we have to be focused on moving forward, focused on achieving uh, or making improvements in order to achieve results. Folks, it's like acknowledging that small steps in the right direction are more impactful than striving for unattainable, idealistic results. Folks, listen. I'm not trying to be Arnold Schwarzenegger in his heyday. I'm not trying to be like Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I'm not trying to be like anybody else. I'm no longer trying to be like Hugh Jackman and the Wolverine. That is not what I want to be. What I want to be and maintain is leanness. I want to be more athletic. I want to continue living a healthy lifestyle of making healthy choices every day. That's my focus. I'm not trying to be like anybody else. I want to achieve and maintain results for myself. Yeah, there may be certain celebrities that you like and that you want to look like. But folks, listen, what you see on television is not always the case. They they are going through some really rigorous programs because they're trying to maintain a certain image. They're celebrities. And so they're trying to maintain a certain look. They're getting prepared for a movie or television. They're getting prepared for the Oscars or whatnot. So they're going through these rigorous programs to meet a certain goal, but it's temporary. You don't see how they're indulging in all other stuff that, you know, 
uh, that's behind the scenes. You don't know all the weight that Hugh Jackman gained after that. You know, everybody wanted to be like, you know, I'm Brad Pitt in, in the Fight Club. Man, he went through a rigorous um, regimen to get that body for that role. Right. So don't focus on the temporary focus on the permanent focus on the the sustainable things that you can do for yourself that you can be proud of. You see, folks, it's about celebrating every small victory and learning from your setbacks that will help you to build resilience It's going to help you to foster a positive mindset that propels you, my friends, towards lasting health changes. So in your pursuit of a diabetes free lifestyle, remember that progress no matter how small, is the key to sustain success. So remember, folks, it's about progress over perfection. Get to the point where you're focusing on consistency and improvement rather than dwelling on the occasional setbacks. We're all going to have setbacks, but remember, don't allow your setbacks to be permanent. Turn your setbacks into setups for success. Folks, get to the point where you develop a positive mindset towards your health journey. We all can do it. If I can do it, I know that you can too. So I will catch you in the next episode of the Beating Lifestyle Podcast. But remember, stay focused, keep moving, never go back, leap forward, bounce back because you can, my friend. And above all else, trust God. You got this. I believe in you. Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the Beating Diabetes Lifestyle Podcast with Oscar Camejo. We hope you enjoyed this episode. As a reminder, this podcast is intended for motivational and educational purposes only. It is not a substitute for professional care by a physician or other healthcare professional or qualified fitness instructor. This podcast is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or professional advice or services. If you're looking for help on your journey, seek a qualified medical practitioner. It's important that you utilize someone who is a trained, licensed healthcare professional who can help you on your journey toward good health.